0: Welcome to the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. This week, we conclude our conversation with Brian Hammer, chair of the ASSP TRZ590.5 Committee, to discuss the steps businesses should take in the aftermath of an active shooter incident. Moving into uh, the post-incident, what are some of the issues that businesses need to consider both from the point of view of assisting employees in the aftermath of such a horrific event and in terms of business operations as their facility may be shut down for a period of time as law enforcement processes the crime scene. So really, what are th- the things they need to consider in their plan for after an incident is over?
1: As with any disaster, we need to have a continuity plan in the sense of, you know, this is horrific, Just like it would be horrific if the tornado hit, how do we continue business as we go? Because as a company, we want to. We may take a day, you know, a morning, and you know, that's you know, it's horrific, but we still have to operate as a business. A small company, we don't Mm -hmm. want to have this, you know, disaster. So, what is that continuity plan? You may have people who will not want to return to work for a period of time. We need to have go back to the human resource procedures. Uh, you know, employee assistance type of uh, issues that people are planning for so they can bring those resources in for our employees. But having that continuity plan that looks at all of those things uh, is extremely important. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes we think of post-incident as, oh, the cops here, they, they arrested the people. Unfortunately, maybe the coroner, you know, took the bodies away and all that stuff. It sounds as horrible as it is because it, it really is. You know, you know, we still have to think, okay, this is a company. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but sometime next week, sometime next two weeks we've got to go back to the business of work. Uh, we, we simply just can't say it, it, it's over.
0: Okay, something I just thought of, say you know, you're know you a small business maybe in a rural area where it may take law enforcement or first responders, You know their response time may be a little longer than an urban area. Is there anything businesses can do when you have maybe a disconnect with local law enforcement and first responders?
1: The answer would be don't have a disconnect. You, you mm-hmm. need to do that. And, and the reason is you don't want to have that disconnect is my plant may be closed on weekends. I don't want anybody breaking in, so I, I want to make sure I have those contacts. Uh, you know, I, if somebody has a heart attack, I want to mm-hmm. show that first responders know that. So, uh, you know, if there is a d- disconnect, uh, you want to stop that. Uh, mm-hmm. Law enforcement people are very reasonable people. They are they understand the problem. They are willing to, to um, you know, make that effort. I, I currently live now in a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, after retired, moved to a small town, and we are doing the active shooter training in our small town, at least we have over the, last year and they have involved people from agencies as far away as 20 minutes because they know that Mm -hmm. the small town police department's got four officers and that's not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. So they know that, you know, sheriff's deputies and officers from other small towns are going to get there. So they're making sure they branch that out.
0: Okay. Now, in in that case, say you're in an area where it may take law enforcement longer to respond. Is that a situation where even more so the run-hide fight comes in? I know one of the biggest priorities, is, you know, stopping the threat and saving lives. If it's going to take some time for law enforcement to get in, how can you integrate that into your plan to, you know, within your own personnel, try to stop the threat while you're waiting for law enforcement? Well,
1: that comes from your vulnerability assessment. Yeah. What is our vulnerability. Our vulnerability is the fact that we may have 15 minutes before we get help uh, there. Uh, so as we plan that, that may mean that we need to reinforce rooms where we can put um, uh, employees are so they can maybe protect themselves. We want to make sure okay. maybe if that room has windows that we board up the windows or we secure the windows with some sort of uh, metal grating that doesn't allow somebody to come in. We put shades on it so you know we can pull those shades. Those type of things. Those, those come into play with our target hardening because we may have to go longer with trying to protect uh, those those individuals.
0: Okay. Any uh, final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners about the technical report and how they can best implement it at their organizations?
1: Just understand that each location is different. Uh, there's never going to be a plan or a report that tells you how to do it at your place. You've got to involve people at your facility who understands the certain types of risk that you have at your facility, uh, how are you vulnerable, uh, how you can harden your facility with the best, possibility you can with the dollars you have, and then, more importantly, than the the soft aspects of, of personnel uh, procedures, those things, to make it a safe place. It, there's no plan that can be universal. It has to be individual, and you don't feel afraid to say, hey, we put this together, we put it to a bunch of people within the, in the facility, and they say, ah, you know, you ought to think that, reevaluate it, rewrite it until you think it gets as good as it can. And then in, in the plan, we talk about going through exercises and drills and we got to you know we have those tabletop exercises well that Mm -hmm. tabletop exercise is designed and we do have an appendix on how to conduct that Mm -hmm. you play the what if game well what if he came in this way oh we didn't consider that so now you're changing the plan and it allows you to to develop something that really is unique to your thing Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with playing the what if game it may be right may be wrong Mm -hmm. because we don't know what goes through a mind when person somebody does that so we can only surmise well you know If I was, I have to laugh a little bit, but yeah, think about it. When I was a police officer and we would check buildings at night for burglaries, I always said, if I wanted to break into this place, how would I do that? If I'm somebody who's been on doing harm to people there, they think that way. They think, well, how can I get in? We need to try to think, well, how could they do it? If they thought about coming in and shooting somebody because they're mad at the warehouse supervisor, how would they get into the warehouse? That's how we're going to, come up with the ideas how to protect it, we're going to have to think about mm-hmm. what they would think about.
0: Sure, that's that's really interesting. So it it is really important whether it's in those tabletop drills or you're doing practice scenarios to think about those worst case scenarios and contemplate any and all the ways that an armed assailant could try to attack their facility and its employees. That's correct. Okay, great. Thank you so much again, Brian, for uh, joining us. I know you've given our listeners a lot to think about in preventing and planning for these types of incidents. The technical report is available now through the ASSP store and you can find additional information and resources at ASSP.org standards. We'll see you next time.